0: Welcome to Playing With Perspective, the suspended animation podcast, where we hear real stories from real people, and we tackle all sorts of fun topics in the areas of business, marketing, entrepreneurship, mindset, the arts, and well, life itself. It's amazing what you will pick up. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hi, my name's Richard, founder and CEO of Elite Property Consulting i created my business to change your mindset on how you purchase a property and challenge a conventional way of how real estate is acquired. I believe everyone should have a fair go at purchasing a property at a fair price and I have created a unique system of achieving that, saving you time, hassle and money. For a limited time, I'm sharing my secret formula with you on how to shortcut your property purchase journey. Click on the link below to book in a complimentary session with me. I look forward to hearing from you.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Another fantastic episode of Playing With Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast. I've got the fantastic Richard Liu here for episode 2019. How are you doing, Richard? Yeah, not too bad. Good to see you. Looking forward to hearing from you today. going to be chatting about how to purchase in the Sydney property market, the things real estate agents don't want you to know. Very, very good. I love this. <laughs> so for everyone who doesn't know who Richard is, Richard is a Sydney-based buyer's agent helping both investors and home buyers secure their dream homes in Sydney. He has over 10 years of sales and negotiation experience backed by construction background. He created his own buyer's agency in Sydney to change your mindset on how to purchase a property and challenge the conventional way of how real estate is bought. He believes everyone should have a fair go at purchasing a property and his goal is to help you realize that dream a lot sooner. They refer to him as Mr. Worldwide and Richard will chase that house down for you and get the deal done anywhere in Sydney, regardless of the time, even if that's 2am. So Richard, I hope you don't do too many at 2am.
1: Yes, not that was a very stressful deal, but at the end of the day, I saved the client of 50 grand, so it's well worth it rather than wrap up the deal early. Absolutely. My job is to save people money, so why not? They were happy, woke up with the good news, I said, just leave it with me, I'll get it done.
0: Oh, ah, yeah. love it.
1: So mate, no stress. Yeah. let's
0: hear a little bit more about you and your background and how you fell into Buyer's Agency and why you love it so much.
1: Okay, so I started off as an accountant for probably about five years, yep. graduated from uni, did five years accounting, didn't quite like it, just wasn't me, so I'm more of a people's person, yep. so I've gone to sales, I was in the sales industry for probably about 10 years in the automotive finance industry, that gave me a good understanding of Sales skills, how to negotiate, how to talk to clients, customers of various sorts, and also the loan aspect of how things work, which you know, kind of helps when you deal in a buyer's agent space as well. Yep. Um, accounting space is good because, you know, as an investor that comes, you need to understand all the numbers and have a have a better understanding of, you know, figures, especially when it comes to even just normal biddings and so on in those environments, you need to get your numbers correct, right? So you can't get those numbers right. So I'm one of those type of guy that counts the numbers and, you know, scrutinise every single cent yeah. and it helps in my job as well. You know, So you want to save every single cent possible, right? That's what accountant does and buyer's agency is no different, right? One deal with the ATO and I deal with the agent trying to save you money. So um, that's the whole point of me. And, and then I was working two years in a construction field um, for Metriconto Homes, one of the biggest um, buildings in Australia, selling homes and through that process, you understand the fundamentals of constructions, how it works. And at the same time, um, you understand how clients go through when they're buying a new home off you or you're designing their new home, right? So being a buyer's agent space is no different to that. It's very similar. It's an emotional buy. In fact, and I'll say to people, it's one of the biggest purchase you make in your life, whether it's an investment or home to live in, so an okay. occupier, right? Okay. So, I mean, having gone through that journey, understand how a client feels. Um, and also, um, you know, if you had to learn all aspects of construction, what to look for in a property, the defects, the flaws, how to read the contracts, interpret the contract yourself mm-hmm. as well. So the important aspects of um, what to look for in a property, and how to look for the flaws. So those are the things that, you know, um, experience comes in over time. Um, And yeah, so, and and then I'll jump into
0: it. That's really interesting, you know, because especially for first home buyers, I think it'd be really useful to have somebody on their side that has the experience of negotiating, of looking through contracts, of dealing with um, building inspections and all this kind of stuff, because a first home buyer you know, can get absolutely bewildered and overwhelmed by all these things they have to do and all yeah. these different checks that have to be done, the controls, and if they miss one, it could cost them a hell of a lot of money. So I think, you know, using someone that's got a bit of experience can really help you in this respect.
1: 100%. And um, to put in the shoe, I've gone through that journey myself, mm-hmm. and that's part of the reason why I started a buyer's agent because I've bought many investments in my life and I never had help. I wish you know buyers' agency. It was a thing back then, but I didn't realize it It wasn't big. Um, and I purchased my first property. I overpaid five hundred dollars because emotion. The agents got me that good. So till this day, it still haunts me. Would I do things differently this today? Yeah. Yes, hundred percent, absolutely. So you know, um, I still don't know why I pay overpay five hundred dollars. But I had no idea how to purchase a property back then. Yeah. And you know that you never listen to your parents' advice whatever it <laughs> is funny. and you just go with whatever you wanted to buy at the time. So, That's and funny. this is, you know, another reason why I started my buying agency. I want to help people to actually save money. And CINEs are becoming very, very expensive. So there's a certain way you purchase property um to buy within the right market timings are very important as well. Yeah. But we'll go through all those things later on.
0: Yeah. Definitely. And there's so many things to consider, you know, whether you're buying a property for investment purposes or for home purposes, there are different yeah. things to consider. And it's almost a full-time job to really understand the market, yep. the structure, mm-hmm. yep. what's around the, the property, the, all the different factors that might affect the property price. There's so much that goes into it. Like it's a full-time job.
1: Oh yeah, 100%. And it's, it's very stressful. So it's it's, it's yeah. not easy as you think. So um, that's what I'm here for. Yep. And like what you said, if you purchase the wrong property, it could cost you a lot of money in the long run. Yeah, right. yeah. When I was in the construction the street, people come to me all the time. Oh yeah, we just put this house. Um, we want to knock down and rebuild it. And guess what? I delivered in the bad news. Have you first thing have you done your due diligence on the block? Are you know that you know there's sort drainage affecting, it's gonna affecting your construction costs. Yep. It's in a bushfire zone. And most importantly, sometimes I delivered them the news, they don't want to hear um sorry you can't build the size of home that you wish for because council won't allow you to floor space ratio right. so they weren't aware of those things they just go yeah we bought it we want to build whatever we want and guess what huh. they stuck with what they want or they either sell it or they get a smaller home yep. that's a reality yep. right so i'm here to guide you make sure you don't make those type of you know mistakes that could be costly in the long run um even though if you live in it it's it doesn't really matter. You've got to look at a bigger picture of what you might do further down the path. You might mean to advise you, but yeah. you've got to take all yeah. those into consideration. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I believe that you focus only on Sydney. That's right, yeah. Um, that's your niche. So tell us a bit mm-hmm. more about the Sydney market at the moment. Have you found anything change in the last month or so, or the last month or two?
1: The bag um, buys activities are uh, coming back. Mm-hmm. So nice. obviously during the December, um, everyone's wrapping up. So it was quite hot back then as well, because everyone just wants to buy something before they go on holidays. January is always a bit quiet because everyone's on holidays, but the buyers activities are back now. The RBA just announced the rates on hold and you can see that the inflations are coming down. So the consumer confidence are coming back. In fact, a lot of smart people have actually always start investing for investors or bought because they anticipated the interest rate will drop. And I think in my prediction, I always be saying to people by mid 2024, which is this year, the interest rate will drop because our inflation has peaked. Yep. Of course, you know, there's third world, you know, other economic um, things that we can't control. If we start World War III and so on, then, you know, those factors we can't factor in or we we'll get another COVID, right? But under the normal circumstance, everything's back on track. Um, the economies are slowing down. So the RBAs are looking at very cautiously whether they should hike the rates any more further. It's the main thing they target is get inflation to under 3%. Yeah. And we're getting there. You know, Their NTF say 4.5. We're sitting at 4.1 at the moment for December. Okay. So things are, things are getting better quarter by quarter. It's not if. It's just a matter of when they drop the interest rate. And when the when interest rate drops, then you're going to have more buy activities because everyone is going to come into the market.
0: Gotcha.
1: And the property price is going to rise even further. And there's a few reasons for this. The biggest factor at the moment is mortgage stress or the borrowing capacity. Mm-hmm. So when the interest rate drops, those that are on good income, they can borrow more money. Yeah. So it's not that they can't buy the property, it's because they're limited by the bank. Yeah. So once they have more money, they're happy to spend that extra hundred, two hundred grand or whatever bank lends them because of dropping in interest rate. And guess what's going to happen to the property? It's going to go up even further
0: because there'll be more and demand as well.
1: 100%. And then the supply is limited. We are going through the supply crisis issue at the moment, uh, thanks to COVID um, and obviously high interest rate. A lot of developers are holding off build because the build versus the construction cost versus the probability just does not stack up at the moment. So they need 25 30% margin to wow. build their property. And these days just don't exist or very hard. So they're holding on to a like a bill under the governments of targeting about 240000 a year bill. Um, that's they're trying to get 1.2. That was an election promise. And we know we're near that. Our annual construction bill, I think last year, was only about 160000 Really? And guess where our migration intake is? So our population has grown in 2023 by
0: 650000 Wow. Jake.
1: yep and our migrations are sitting around 500 000. and that's from COVID time right so we're catching up it is slowing down mm-hmm. but when you look at these all these people with the population where where they're going to live that's right. so there's nowhere for them to live and you know that's going to pushing up rents yep and that's what's happening everywhere in australia at the moment where major capital cities the rents are going up for that reason um And it's it's a dominoes effect. One thing happens and a lot of people go, hang on a second, especially in Sydney, why am I paying such high rent when I can afford to buy something? So there's more buyers coming onto the market, but the supplies are limited mm-hmm. because you're restricted by constructions, Um, what people are building at the moment, what the developers are selling. Yep. So yeah, it all comes down to demand and supply when there's no supply and demands are high, then the price is going to go higher and higher. Yeah. And if you can't afford a certain suburb, and what they do is they just buy somewhere else, in the outer suburbs or they compromise. um, they all want to buy something. Or some people even choose to do rent vesting, where they buy a bit further, and they still would not change the lifestyle where they are renting. So at least they bought something. So that's that's where the market is at the moment. Um, Cineas are very hot. And then, like I said, that's probably going to continue for... Who who knows when until the supply catches up, right? There are more supplies, but that's easily absorbed by demand at the moment. So we're yet to see what's happening, what the trend is, but the auctions are picking up. Markets are quite hot. Um, And I think, yeah, last year, I think we had Sydney had a a 10% increase in property prices. So we're back to the time of the rate rise, I think was May 2022, when the interest rate announced was rising so and the property price start dipping in about November, around that time. Yep. So I mean, we're back to where it is now. Wow. Crazy. So it's onwards and upwards from here. That's what I say to people. Um, property prices is not going to adjust or go down any further, especially when the interest rate drops again. Yeah. So, so if you want to get in the market now, it doesn't matter. It's not even in Sydney, anywhere in Australia. Now is a good time to get in the market yep. before, before demand the, hits. Demand hits. And not only that, if as an investor, your rental yields are going to be a lot higher because the rental crisis is not going to be solved overnight. It's That's probably true. a three-five issue, That's right? True. Before it catches up again, um, and they're trying, unless the government slows down the migration, yep. which I think they're trying to do at the moment. They're working on policies or whatever they're doing. Um, but you know, whatever they do, it's going to take three to five years to fix, and they don't have a solution at the moment. Yeah. So, for as an investor. Um, your rental yield is going to be a lot higher and how you work on that in Sydney there's certain strategies that you can do to maximize it Uh, but I'll go through that later yeah
0: yeah well let's get into it I mean I'd love to hear all your tips and tricks for the people that want to invest in their own home as well as an investment property or I love the term you used rent vester. I love that. That's yeah. Cool yeah, yeah, But what are the things that real estate agents don't want us to know? And what are the tricks?
1: Well, first thing, if you look at a negotiation of a property, um, what I'll say to people is every property is an emotional purchase, right? Definitely. Even some investors treat it that way. Um, I deal with a lot of owner occupiers in Sydney. And of course, they're all emotional buyers. So, And this is where the real estate agent gets you. They'll work on the emotional factors and they'll work up the prices, right? Yeah. And it works very well under the auction environment. So under the normal, what I'll say, the number one tip is when you look at inspecting any properties, remove your emotion. Yeah. Agents will always there to ask for your feedback. What do you think of this? Just pick on the negatives. Never say anything positive. <laughs> um, if you know how to play poker, you yeah. know how to do this <laughs> very well. Keep a poker face put some sunnies on and yeah. just walk out looking very sad, like act like you're not interested in the property. That's rule number one, right? I love and it. this is a mistake I made when I purchased my first property yep. and that's why I overpaid $500 because he saw the excitement and how much I love. Yeah, agent knows this. They can pick your body language. I can see a miles away, right? That's right? So that's that's one thing. And unfortunately, sometimes you just can't help yourself. When you see something you love that much, Yeah. You know, it kind of just shows through, right? So
0: particularly you've been been looking for the last year and you haven't been able to find a place. All of a sudden you go there with your husband or your wife. Yeah, you see this dream house, you just want to jump up and down, but no, you've got to be careful.
1: 100 percent And all of a sudden your pockets are becoming very deep. I I can afford to pay another hundred thousand. Hang on a second, where did that where did that number come from? I never discussed that in our brief. I'm like, oh, you know, so So that's the number one rule, emotions. You need to control emotion, right? Number two is you need to know the area very well, wherever you're buying, and knowing the pocket you're buying and also the area and the prices. So you've got to do a bit of digging on what the neighbours sold or what the suburbs actually sold for, what's the market activity and movement in the area, right? There's certain ways you can do that. You can go to our domain or you can go, I have a lot of subscriptions where, you know, can reach out to me privately. I can go through all that with you, right? Where you can analyze what's being sold on the street, what's sold in the suburb, what's the market movement, comparisons. And these are the things, yes, agent will give you some details on, but they will only tell you what you want to hear. Right, and they only tell you the high prices. They're not going to tell you next door, so for a much lower prices. So these are the things that you need to do yourself. Yep. So do a bit of a digging, know your prices, right, and don't just listen to the agents because of course they're always going to be biased towards the sellers. They're not going to work with the you know the buyer. Yep. Their job is to get the highest price. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So those are the two main things when it comes to looking at a property. Um. The other things when you're looking at a property, you need to have a look at the property itself, right? What I mean by that is have a look at what's actually wrong with the property, even if you like it. Pick out things that you don't like. Mm. Like what I said before, the sad face. Try to pick out things that, you know, like what it doesn't have or needs renovation or- the Bathroom's a bit you know, old or there's
0: only one car spot or-
1: Yeah, you know, it doesn't have an ensuite a downstairs. Windows
0: or whatever, no balcony, etc.
1: Yeah, whatever, or on a main road, or look. When you're buying a even a brand new property, you're going to have issues, right? Mm -hmm. I've designed many, many new homes, and still pick out things that go, I don't like this, 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 right? So, especially when it's an existing home you're buying, you're always going to find something flaws in there, right? Nothing's hundred percent perfect. That's right. And I mean, you tell those things, you can tell those things to agents, but they always give you a counter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Or whatever it is, and then. It's me laugh sometimes, and they'll tell you that. Oh yeah, um, to give an example, I saw a house for a client recently in a development zone that was in um, Kingsford. Okay. So down the door they have the um, high rises built on the other side, yep. and he's like, "Oh, this is a development side, and you can build same high rises." And I and yep. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> "You know," so I tell you what what you want to hear. At the end of the day, you have got to do your own due diligence, and you it right. just it's laughable sometimes.
0: And and that's like, actually by credit I, the I, agent.
1: Yep. But, they will, they will tell you what you want to hear at the end of the day you got to do what you got to do right and what which about goes appeal, to my, the next inspection? okay that's my next point the due diligence part right so the due diligence part is an interesting part so yeah, you got to have a very good solicitor to read your contract right even though I read a section 10.7 I don't read the whole contract myself because that's a solicitor's job yep going through cooling offs and that type of things I'm not a solicitor myself but the main thing is you gotta be aware of in the contract itself. You gotta have a look at um, what's actually being affected on the block. Where's the sewage located? Is it in a bushfire zone? Is it in a flood effect zone? Mm. Um, is it in a mine uh, mine subsidence zone? Um, those are the things that you gotta be aware in the contract. Uh, um, I heard of a case I think it was Epping was actually on the news up uh, uh, about a year ago where. I think a couple bought a block. They didn't do any homework on it. They knocked it down before they even did anything um, and ends up being in a half blood zone and they can't build anything on it. Council won't allow them build on it.
0: Right.
1: Or they might have engaged a builder, uh, but there was something along those lines. So I'll be very cautious of those things. Um, and, you know, these are the things you need to be aware of. Um, And I mean, that's just part of it, right? There's other things that you need to have a look at as well. When it comes to buildings, building and pests, you need to have a good um, building pest inspector. I have some of the best in Sydney. Um, But the main thing is you've got to make sure that you inspect the property properly to pick out all the defects and work out what the cost is because anything that don't pick up, then it's going to cost you money later on. And can, actually, yeah. on that
0: point, just a quick one.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you know how a lot of the times you can get an independent building yeah. inspection that's over and above the contract itself, isn't it? It's a separate inspection. Is that right?
1: Yeah, so building pest inspectors are always separate. Right. That's right. Some agents will have their own um, reports done already by the building pest inspector mm-hmm. where you pay a small fee. Okay. Um, usually $100. And if you're a successful purchase at the end, you pay an extra fee on top. Um, If that's done, you can just order one of those report if you're comfortable with it, or you can go through one of your own building pest inspector. Um, You spend a bit more money. Always advise that use your own because you don't know who they use and how reliable they are. If they miss certain things, it's going to cost you more money. It's a few hundred dollars for building pest inspection report. It's not
0: that much. It could cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. So worth doing.
1: 100%, yeah so um that answers your question on the due diligence
0: um yeah awesome so really um emotion understand the area understand where the property is located understand you know maybe the access pricing access to schools access to you know all the amenities Mm -hmm. and then of course the contracts and building inspections and then you mentioned now we get to pricing yeah um so what what are some tips and tricks around negotiating price and obviously that's your job as a buyer's agent so you're there on behalf yeah. of the mm-hmm. um, buyer to yeah. negotiate with the real estate agent but what are some yeah. of your tips around how to negotiate properly
1: i'll get to options later right okay. so just cool. in a general environment yeah, so general you can ask system. me that later yep. so in a general environment when it comes to negotiation there's certain ways you can do about the pricing. So as I mentioned earlier, with pricing, the first thing you need to do is have an understanding of the market, especially in the area that you're buying, yep. what the neighbours sell for, what the streets sell for, what the surrounding streets pricing sell for. You need to get those comparison data as a starting point, right? So if agent tells you it's a $2 million property and then in fact it's only worth one point five, then you know, you, you put it offer on it, you're going to have issues, right? Not only that, the bank might not value at that because banks look at the comparisons the same way probably I do, right? So if you end up overpaying, that's going to be extra cash dip out of your pocket. So that's the first thing you look at the pricings. Um, and then the second things I look for is um, you need to understand when you're purchasing a property, you need to understand why is a seller actually selling the property, right? So you need to understand what their motivation is. And this allows you to work on the pricing itself and negotiate with the agent. Now, what I mean by that is, look, if you get one of those fire sales and where bank just want to move it on, yep. or a deceased estate where they just want to move it on, most of the time they will go to auction. If it doesn't go to auction, you can negotiate and secure it off market or beforehand. Then there's a chance that you might get a good price for two reasons: uh, mortgagee sales, bank just want their money; they want to move on. Right. Same with deceased estates, the kids are getting their money. They couldn't care what they're getting. It's mom and dad's money. They just want to split it, move on to do their own things, right? So extra hundred or $200,000 less, it's not going to break their bank. In fact, they're winning the money. That's how they think their head, Yeah. right? Then you've got other cases where owners bought already and they need to, you know, they might have a bridging loan or whatever reason they want to move on real quick. Those are the ones where you might get a quick bargain or you might be able to negotiate a fairly quick, favorable, quick settlement condition to get that done. Right. Then you've got other scenarios where, a, you know, owners want a delay settlement period, maybe three months or whatever it is, even longer sometimes. I mean, if you're looking at buying development side or something, sometimes you, you negotiate a much longer term, That's right. uh, you know, a put and call options or whatever it is that, you know, you, you want to work six, 12 months. Just depends, but in most typical cases of mum and dad's buyer just buying a property, you, you might want to, you know, consider those um delayed settlement options for the um owner, and which makes it more favourable for you on pricings. And this is where the pricing comes in, right? So I I did one recently where I gave them two options: you can sell it now, or you can do a delayed settlement. But hey, my price is going to come down, right? So, you know, and it, and' it, it does take a bit bit of a work to do, but you can work out a strategy how you do things. Um, and on pricings, if you really, really want a good pricing, you need to have an understanding of um the property itself, even though it's presented to you immaculate in the photos and all that when you go there, it might look like a complete dump. Yeah. it's different mm-hmm. to what's in a photo. Uh, Or in the video. So you've got to be very careful that when you're inspecting it, I'll say always look for the flaws. Nothing's perfect, right? point to the negatives of the property. And when you go home, go through all of those, work out what's going to cost you to actually fix the repairs and everything. And then you present the offers to the agent based on those things that you with those numbers in there already. Love it. And that's how you bring the prices down. Um, Again, it. With that's, another it's actually a
0: great negotiating tool like if you go to the agent and say um, yeah. look we like the place but it's got this this and this and this that we're not really happy about so because of that we're going to offer you this and then they take that information back to the seller and you start negotiating on some grounds right? Um, nothing
1: a hundred percent and that's how i saved, um one of my client 50 grand because even though it's a fairly new built home it's only probably i'll say less than five six years old right but it didn't have an ensuite downstairs.
0: There you
1: go. Right, there's no, there's no shower to powder room. Mm-hmm. So even though you have a bedroom downstairs, and then you know, agent told me, yeah, it's only two, two, three down and those fixed. I ran my plumber. Guess what's going to cost? Thirty grand minimum because they had to pull the entire bathroom, uh, the powder room apart. Wow. Um, and to fit it, re waterproof it. So it's not as quick as just. Screw something on, and that's it, and then it's done, right? So took um, that to my advantage. I said, "Look, that's a cost. It's a facing a T section, right? So even it's a perfect property, we all know that for Chinese and the feng Shui, no one wants to buy a T section, right.
0: right? Okay, it's bad yeah. luck, right?
1: Okay. So yeah. I don't like T sections myself.
0: <laughs> Unless
1: the price is good, then of <laughs> course yes. you consider
0: yeah. it,
1: right? Nice. So it's like you're buying a house with a like uh." A a number four in front, right? Which means it's bad luck. So, like those, these are little things that you know you pick out and just say, "Look," and that's the reasons why it's not everyone's cup of tea. And that's the cost is therefore, I want a discount at this price. So, you know, you put those sort of pricings to the seller themselves. Agent, of course, pass on those information, and that's how you get a good price. Perfect. And, and of course, a, you got to you
0: do a logical and reasonable negotiation based on information and facts, not just emotion.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. So, I mean, some, some of the things you got to look at is um, you got to make an assessment on what the property is worth as well. Yep. Right. So, it, of course, my offers are going to be based on those assessments, and the price is going to be reflective of the property itself and the comparison suburbs um and the street itself or what's being sold. Um and it, then you just work on offer on that basis. Yeah. And then you apply pressure on the vendor trying to get a good price. I normally do it within 24 hours and they come back next day. Sorry, deal's over. Wow. I want more discount. Yep. It's that simple. So if they don't they come back to you then you save more money. It, yeah. it, it's that simple. Right. So limit for a limited time only for anything. Right. <laughs> so you can always tell the agent that even though you're not, I'm looking at a few properties, there are a few options on the table. Sure. It's a, if you're not fixed to one, you're making multiple offers, and which is, you know, it's even if you're not, it doesn't really matter yep. how they're going to know how many properties you're actually looking at. Right. Yep. So at the end of the day, if they have you in front of them, their job is to get the deal done as well. So as long as you're realistic with the price, they will work with you because. They want to sell the property as badly as you want to buy the property, that's right? Because they collect their money and commission and they can move on to the next one. Uh-huh. They don't want that property in market to stay on there forever.
0: Yep. And that's why it's wish- great to have a buyer's agent because they're on your side and they they shelter you from those forces that you and those pressures that you might feel from the real estate agent. You have your buyer's agent that shelters you because they're on your side. They're going to bat for you.
1: 100%. So um, that's why you need an expert in the field. And not only that, I'll tell you as it is. Right. So I don't sugarcoat things. There's no advantage for me to sugarcoat things. As much as I get paid, I'll work for you. You pay me for to do my job. right? Um. And there's no point in me sugarcoating just collecting my commission. I'll tell you as it is. Right. And my job is to save you money, save you t- time and hassle and the stress that you go through. And get your weekends back, so you don't have to look for property forever. Wow. Um, one of the clients I bought last year, I think, it's April. Just to give an example, without my assistance, she could still be looking at the moment. I bought her a property off market within seven days. Oh. Recently, bank revalued her property; it's gone 150 hundred fifty thousand. So, if you're looking at it within about eight months, eight months, wow. Yeah, and that's a bank bail, right? So without the If you put on the actual market,
0: Hmm, it's probably
1: gone up another 50, and more. So um, this is is why sometimes, you know, you need a buyer's agent to work with on your side to actually save your time money hassle. Um, And also uh, the time that you're looking for yourself, it's, you know, you spend months and months. And by the time you realize that the property prices have actually gone up. So you're not saving yourself money. You're actually losing money.
0: Yep, yep. And you've lose, you're losing all your valuable time with your family and all those weekends and that relaxation because you're 100%. running around and you're competing with all these people and you know you yep. never end up getting the property you want. Oh, it's a nightmare.
1: Yep. Yep. And one of my clients actually told me, she's like, um, i just gone straight to a buyer's agent and the reason's very simple. I see many of my friends gone through properties and you know they miss out properties, they're going through fights, and one's actually gone through a divorce oh. because of a property fell through. And she's like, I don't want any of the stress or hassle, I'll just pay someone to get it done. You it. Know, so she understands it, and that's a reason why. Um, you know, you need a fires agent on your side trying to get things done to make your job as easy as possible, as less stressful as possible, so you can focus on and move on, get on to do whatever you want to do. Yeah. The yeah. goal is to buy a property
0: indeed so richard i want to chat also about auctions what's the best way to handle yourself in an auction negotiate etc
1: my favorite part that's very interesting (laughs) so i guess it comes down to um if you know how to play poker you play very well it comes down to how well you bluff right so to those poker players out there you know exactly what i'm talking about so when it comes to your auction there's two environments i want to go through separately So you've got the auction environment in an in-house room auction where they conduct the auction. And there's one where they're done on site. So I'll start with the one on site. So and before even start auction, and this applies to any auction environment, there's some due diligence check you need to done beforehand. You need to make sure that um, you set your price beforehand as well, right? Understand how much you're going to be paying for the property and if you have a buffer, set that buffer beforehand as well. Yep. So you know your limit, you don't go over and overpaying for the property. Yep. Um, talk to your mortgage brokers, make sure on a worst case scenario that, you know, your loan can be approved. The valuation will stack up. Do your due diligence check, um, get your building pest done properly. Just check it all. Um, review it's the all Before you
0: walk into the auction.
1: Yes, 100%. Because once you bought it, you pay that 10% in your well. it's non-refundable, yep. right? So you lose it. Um, and the other thing is you got to make sure that the contract, get your solicitor to refrew it. Make sure you have a good solicitor re refrew the contract. Order terms and conditions. And order conditions are negotiated prior to auction.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not negotiated afterwards because they can come back and say no to you, Right. So if you want longer settlement conditions, uh lesser deposit five percent, unnegotiable five percent conditions on some auctions, right? So those are the things that, that are done beforehand. So if you are the winner on the date, they accepted those conditions already. Right, interesting. So so,
0: so, so they might the seller or the agent might have negotiated with five or six different people in five or six different ways prior 100%. to auction. Yeah. Just to to get duck, all their ducks in a row to if someone was gonna buy it, that that would be what would happen.
1: Yep, okay. and they let the vendor solicitor do that. So, and they'll clearly say to the auction that you're if you're the winning bidder, you bought on the auction conditions right. um, as stated.
0: Okay, so,
1: which means that whatever you agreed up front, or else you're going to start negotiating afterwards. Yep. They can come back to you and say no because you already bought the property. It's not like hey, I've paid. In my point two five percent cooling off deposit I can pull out or let's start negotiating, right? So that's why you've got to be very, very careful auction where you're actually buying and you're hundred percent committed to the property. If you're not hundred percent committed to property, don't bother or you're gonna lose your ten percent.
0: So just to yeah, just to clarify, so when you buy auction, your ten percent is non-refundable. That's it.
1: Non-refundable unless there's some, you know, some. I wouldn't go into those details. Yeah. that's a solicitor's job right so when you
0: when you buy out of auction you might negotiate a cooling off period is that how it works
1: out of auction then normally just pay a deposit and then you start negotiating conditions some can be done beforehand but it's only point two five so it's a very minor amount that you're losing few thousand dollars right so um, gotcha. compared to what's point two five so a million dollars is two thousand five hundred right so it's very minor compared to losing hundred grand. 10% for example. Absolutely. Right. So you can afford to lose two and a half dollars and take it part and put the put the property under the cooling off condition. Now, under cooling off, what it means is no one else can purchase that property but you. Uh-huh. That's what the point two five is, or else there's no point, there's no point at that point two five, right? So the property is set aside for you. I see. Yes, you do lose that, but at the end of the day, it gives you an opportunity to purchase that price and do all the homeworks and everything. Right. So gotcha everything's done after. That's the main difference, auction conditions. Now, with the auction itself, um, when you go into the fine terms, so um, on the day, what happened is if you're looking at, I'm talking about an on-site auction for now, right? Right. Um, What you have is on an on-site auction on the day, so you have all these bidders, then you've got all these people, just neighbours, sicky-beaking, having a look, (laughs) <laughs> then you've got buyers agent like myself get to know the market and you've got the agents and of course some random people driving by just having looks so that all creates a crowd and that's what the agent want on a day yeah. the the crowd the better it is they don't want to go to auction bill with only two three people that's right, right? so what you got to do on the day is you need to look at who actually has a bidding card and how many bidders there is right that's that's very important and the other thing is when you're bidding you need to look at who's actually bidding and their bidding Mm behaviours.
0: Because
1: that will determine how you act accordingly with your bidding strategy. Whether you go really hard to put them out and this is where the poker game comes in, right? You bluff your way through. You might not have money and you just keep on going hitting it hard and they think that this guy's got plenty of money, he's a heavy bidder, he's going 30, 40, 50K at a time or you could bid very little, right? Right. Yeah. so or you can come out really at the end and go hard so there's different ways you can do things it just depending on how many bidder there is um sometimes an early bidder never wins because they're looking for a bargain mm-hmm. right I normally bid when the properties they say on the market or just before that
0: uh-huh. but
1: or I, I, you know sometimes I even low ball right. So and you can always challenge the auctionee as well on the day as well. Um, they say they always trying to gather momentum. Auction is all about momentum. So you're trying to throw that momentum off. And that's your biggest win. So if there's no bidders or they're trying to gather momentum, they're talking about how beautiful this property is and do you know they do their beautiful property chat, let them do that, and then you just, you know, the, all they're trying to do is trying to gather the momentum back, right? And then an auction kicks off again. So you can challenge them if they want $10,000, give them a third $1,000 in. It's actually doing your favor because you're not going 10, 10, 10 at a time and increasing prices. Yep. If they accept it, they accept it. If they don't, try another number until they two, three times, they say, no, that's a minimum. Okay, I'll give you what you want. Right. Just keep on trying that.
0: <laughs> try <laughs> your
1: luck and yeah. just bring the prices down because once you go higher, you can't let the number come down. Right? Yep.
0: So just throw, so. throw, the, throw the momentum out of whack a little bit here and there.
1: Yeah, for, and just throw low numbers at option is don't be afraid to challenge it. But one of the biggest thing is they will play your emotion on the day. So, this is what I noticed all the agents will have few assistant agents on the day, and they will go to the bidders that are hot bidding.
0: Right. What I mean
1: by that is they will go next to you and they'll say, Come on, put another 10,000 in, you win this house. And guess what? The other person saying, agent, same thing to the other party, right? So, all they're doing is just playing with emotion and create that right to get the price even higher and higher right. so you just got to know where you stand and not influenced by them and just do your own play your own game stay cool i know it's hard and it's very stressful but if you play cool calm collected and just think of through logically yeah then you might actually wind up properly rather than just you know bid on it and I'm sure all the buyers have done it at some stage. You purchased the car or you purchased something. At the time, you bought it, so very excited. and go, oh, I bought this. I got what I wanted. And then two days later, you had the buyer's remorse. You either realize that you overpaid or you yeah. got ripped off or you're like, oh, I probably shouldn't have bought this at all. But anyways, yeah. I bought it. Let's enjoy it and move on. So they move on to the next thing. So yeah. property is no different.
0: Would you say it'd be better for somebody to do – to? to... In partake the minimum amount possible until the very end and then just give in your final offer and you're done?
1: Look, you can do that. Um, that goes back to what I'm saying. Sometimes the serious don't bid, bidders don't come out because they typically just observe the market, right, and uh, see what's going on and that right at the end, they will announce that a property is actually on the market, right? The current term is on the market, which means that the vendor is actually selling, the reserve has met because it doesn't mean that you're the highest bidder you're going to get that property because if the price is too far away, you still won't get it because the probably is on the market. Yeah. So as soon as right. they, they hit
0: go, that, as soon as they hit the reserve, it's on the market and then we start, the auction is, is actually on. Yep.
1: Yeah. And they tell you specifically it's on the market now because now they're trying to correct, they know that they're selling
0: gotcha. and they're
1: trying to create competitions. And that's sometimes where you see the serious bidder comes out. Right? right. So this is, uh, which goes back to my other part, in-house auctions right in the room yep. and compared to on-site auctions so on-site auctions you can tell who's actually bidding and who's not uh-huh. when you go to one of those um, in auctioneer house you don't know who's actually bidding or where they're coming from because there's a lot of auctions conducted in that room uh-huh. on the nice. same day uh, Yes. and course. everyone's sitting down so you don't know who's actually bidding on what house yeah. And they do that on a reasonable purpose, right? So they, they also to make keep you second it, guess.
0: They, yeah, they also keep the, the volume and the audience and the demand there perceived because yep. you don't know what's going on.
1: Yep. And it's in a control environment mm-hmm. that favorite the e, And they do that for a purpose, like right? It. Yep. So, it's to, so it's to their advantage and control. I've, I've been at in house options before yep. where I had no idea where the buyer is. Mm-hmm. So I had to. I had to open the bid because I've got no no idea who's bidding against me and I had no bidder. I knew it's in the room somewhere. Yeah. But then I seen the card and I go, okay, I know who I'm against.
0: That's
1: right. And then i just and I worked out their bidding patterns very quick, what they're doing. Exactly. Right. So it was only two of us yep. watching not win that house, but you know, I said pull out at the same time as well because it was just overpriced and it wasn't in line with our bidding strategy at all. And I don't want my customer to overpay for the property.
0: And here's another so question. You do you do you sometimes go to auctions on behalf of the uh, buyers without them or always with them?
1: Yes, you can do it without them, right? Um, then you just need to be on the phone with them or have clear instructions set up front. Gotcha. Okay. So, and they do need to sign another form with me, um, just with all the clear instructions, just to say, all parties are covered. It's very easy to do. Okay. Right? And I typically just get on the phone with them at the same time, so they're not. Sometimes buyers prefer that because it's very stressful being on site. So there are pros and cons on both sides of it: being there and not being there. It's really what they prefer, and this is a discussion I have with them. Yeah, Right. Yeah, but of course. And then, and then
0: you remove the emotion as well.
1: Hundred percent.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Love it. Yeah. So the one, the only one that's stressed will be me, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be I've got to be very careful with the numbers yeah. and it goes back to the same thing with the auction if you're not sure what the price is right half the people don't even know because option, he goes so quick with the numbers yeah. right and they, they're, they're not telling you 10 thousand 20 thousand or they're repeating the whole number yeah. right they're repeating these ones and two jargon turns and you've got no idea what then if you're not sure and if you're bidding by yourself just ask the agent just say stop um just clarify just go what's the number again <laughs> <laughs> and just and they'll come and write it down for you because i've seen auctions where you know some of them hardly speak english oh. where the assistant agents writing the numbers next to them they go okay i'll give you this or that right and then the, you know the, the assistant agent raise their hands and goes yeah we've got one more bidder five which means that you know it could be ten so When they're five or ten, that the ten is ten thousand, yeah, and five or five dollars, which means five thousand, right, yeah, or right. fifty, which is fifty thousand, right? Yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. doing the hundreds, you've got a quarter five hundred dollars, right? That's so, five hundred dollars, right? five hundred. Right? If you just do fifty, like what's that, fifty dollars, <laughs> you know? So, it, there's certain ways of you know, you just got to understand how auction works, yeah, right. mm. right. and this is how you know, I help. People that go through the options for me, it's a second nature. Yep. And it's very easy for me to do. Yeah.
0: Um, well, that's yeah. been very, very useful. I really, um, you know, there's so many subtleties to the whole art mm. and science of buying real estate and yeah. negotiating and researching and doing a due diligence. I mean, there's a, it's a whole, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that, you know, a lot of the time we forget about. So I think mm. it's really important to think about potentially using a buyer's agent that has some experience that can help guide yeah. you and save you some money. Um, but I'd love to just give you an opportunity, Richard, to tell us a bit more about how you work and how people can find you, et cetera.
1: So um, my details on, as you can see, my contact numbers on the Zoom link itself, you can contact me by mobile. You can go to my website. There is a booking on there. So there's a calendar you can book in there with me. So I do offer you a 20-minute consultation. If it needs to be longer, that's fine. We can go through the details. The main things I want to work out is um, how I can assist you and maybe guide you through it. Like I said, um I created this company for everyone to purchase at a fair price and have a fair go at property. A lot of people tend to miss out, yeah. and I'm not a believer that I want to actually generally to help people to get the property that you wanted, yeah. um, get you to achieve your goal, from A to B, rather than just saying, oh, this is all too hard, or in three, six months' time, you still haven't found a property and you're back to square one. And that's my job. So I work in a very fast-paced environment. I have processes and procedures in place, and I'm very strict with it. And that's how I deliver results in a very quick turnaround time. Usually within a month or so, uh, if the breeze arrive, um, But normally within three months, I'll definitely be able to find you something. Yeah. Amazing. And all the tools and data and every resources um, are available at my hands. Um, you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook, just typing Elite Property Consulting, all my contact details there. Feel free to reach out to me. Happy to just give you some free advice. Or if you feel like you're stuck in the Sydney market, um, don't know what I'm doing, don't know what I'm buying, or anything like that, just reach out to me. Just for some friendly advice. I'm happy to help you. Have, have a chat I and mean, just go from there. Yeah.
0: Awesome. That's fantastic, Richard. Assuming these days, would you say that a lot of buyer's agents have more and more off the market properties coming to them now than ever before?
1: Okay. That's one thing. Good question. That's one thing we didn't touch on. So, um, off market properties, they are always available depending on where you are. So, I operate in the eastern suburbs. So, There's tons of emails coming to me every day. A lot of them are Mm -hmm. off-market. So there's some on the market, there's some off-market. The off-market one, however, does not mean it's the cheapest. It just means that you get the first inspection, um, have a crack at looking at it. And sometimes they say off-market, just means that they wanna test the market, see where it sits as well. It could be off-market for a
0: short period of time. And then within a few days back, it's on the market already.
1: Could possibly be. Um, there could be other genuine reasons as well for privacy reasons, there could be a tenant in there they don't want to disturb the tenant yep. or some people just don't like people going through. I mean who wants to have you know hundred people walk through their home and you know go through what they have know their floor plan layouts and everything right yeah yep. it works very well for the burglar. let's put it that way right <laughs> that's right so um yeah, so there are different reasons um off-market properties are good um I Quite a few. um It just depends on how you get them under what environment and what price. So they are available. Plenty of them out there actually. You just yeah. yeah. And the agents are happy to work with buyers' agent. Uh, get them off market properties because it makes their job a lot easier. Uh, remember, some of them they sign a contract and they only say that. Look, I don't want to advertise. I'm too tired to advertise. Um, If you find me a buyer, come to me, I'm signing a contract. So the agents actually go, well, where can I go to market this to? Buyer's agent, they've got the call of a buyer in front of them, right? Mm -hmm. So they send out to 60, 50 buyer's agent or whatever it is and try their luck start off with. And who knows, I might have the right client that suit that profile that wants to buy that property. Exactly.
0: So Mm -hmm. what I've really learned is from today as well is that there's no one type of property or one type of scenario that's better than another. It's all just depending on all the factors to that particular situation and the situation of the buyers and the sellers. And you can can find deals in every style, in every place, in every budget. It's just about how you go about the process.
1: 100%. As long as you really stick with it. So, I mean, what I mean by that is if you're looking at a – um. If you've got a six hundred thousand budget, you can't say I want a million dollar house, right? It's like saying that I've got a, I can afford a Toyota, but you know um, I want a Lamborghini yeah. or Ferrari, <laughs> right? So awesome. that's a different scenario. But look, if, if you're being reasonable and work within a scenario, then hey, you can you can work with it, and you're right. There's no one size fits all. Um, it does not work. Every scenario is different. The reason I'll say that is pricings. The vendor works differently as well. They want to work on different terms and conditions. That's right. Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways of, you know, purchasing a property. It's actually quite fun. It's yeah. a mind game.
0: It, sounds, it is. Mind it's, game and
1: poker game. It's like yeah. a
0: big game of poker and chess put together.
1: Yep. And my greatest satisfaction is finding you that property and that phone call saying that, yeah, congratulations, we secured a property. Love it. Fantastic. Yeah. I love it. I deal with many, many of those to the clients. So. Really
0: appreciate you coming on the show today. It's been amazing. I've learned a lot and I'm sure the audience has learned a lot as well. I always like to give my guest the last word. Is there anything that you'd like to leave us with?
1: I guess when it comes down to purchasing property, these are my tips to you. Um, just make sure you do your homework. Don't be afraid to challenge the agent. Um, keep your emotion in control. Nice. And have a level head when you're purchasing a property. Be reasonable about it. But at the same time, don't lowball too much as well. Because if you're lowballing, then you'll end up not purchasing a property at all. And the price is just going to keep on going up and up. So within a realistic reason, you can always purchase something. But yeah, just use the tactics I told you. Have a go next time you wish to purchase property yourself. And that's not a city market. It applies Australia-wide. The same tactics apply right so um wherever you're buying just going through what i have said to you uh, actually works in your favor love it
0: well richard thank you again really appreciate your time and your effort and your insights and all your experience and uh, everyone out there i hope you enjoyed that we'll be back very very soon for another episode of playing with perspective bye for now Thanks again for joining me for another episode of Playing with Perspective, the Suspended Animation Podcast. If you would like to join me as a guest on the show, I would be delighted to collaborate. Feel free to buzz me on 414 659 800 or email me on Darren at SuspendedAnimation.com.au. I'm always on the lookout for great guests who can share their stories and expertise with my community. Also, if you have been thinking about putting your own podcast together, and not sure where to begin, look no further. I run a really simple three-part podcasting course, one-on-one with me, where I walk you through the entire podcasting journey. You will end up with a fantastic new podcast to start sharing right away. Feel free to get in touch to discuss further. But for now though, have a fantastic day and I'll see you next time.